It's over, but was it good? That's the question we're asking about the USMNT's World Cup run on today's show. The run ended on Saturday with a loss to the Netherlands in the round of 16. The team made it out of the group. They played some good soccer, but they also showed some weaknesses and lost at a pretty predictable stage. So I want to know, was the 2022 World Cup a success for the United States? To help answer that question, I called up former professional soccer player and current TV broadcast analyst extraordinaire Jordan Angeli. Jordan is a fantastic analyst, and as a former youth national team player, she knows the international landscape better than 99.999% of folks on this planet. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to the Backheel Show, where we bring you unique coverage of American soccer in just 10 minutes or less. You can listen to the show while you drive to work, or while you shop for groceries, or while you try to imagine a world that looks different because Christian Pulisic scored that shot that he missed early on against the Dutch on Saturday. Here at Backheeled, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, let's get to it and talk soccer. I'm now joined by Jordan Angeli. Jordan, thanks so much for being here. How are you? Joe, I'm all right. You know, I think we were all hoping we would sit here on this Monday after feel a little bit better, but <laughs> I'm still proud. It's this weird mixed feeling. I don't know if you feel that as well. I do feel it. There's a lot of positives, a lot of negatives to dig into. And I think that's kind of what we're going to do on this show. Jordan, I want us to zoom out to a more bird's eye view of the United States World Cup run. So first off, what went right? Let's talk positives. What went right for the U.S. at this World Cup? That could be on-field things or off-field things. What comes to mind for you? Oh, well, I, I think overall... If you talk off the field first, I, I think that this was a very united group. And you hear people talk about that. I've been able to be around World Cup squads and the women in, in 2019 and seeing how interconnected they are. I felt a lot of the same feelings with this team um, for the men, that they really believed in each other. They wanted what was best for the team. So I, I loved that. Um, on the field, I would say, not surprisingly, I think defensively, if you maybe take out some certain moments in the last <laughs> game, this team showed us a lot of good things. They showed us how they could um, kill out a game in really a, a lower block, a 5-4-1 in that game. Um, that last game against Iran, they showed us that they could play defensively in a 4-3-3. They could switch it to a 4-4-2 mid-block. I thought that they showed us this hybrid of defensive formations or tactics that was really interesting and could show you that they were so bought in and they believed that they could defend some of the best players in the world with just their ability to tactically set up right. So I, I think defensively, I look at this squad and think, okay, a lot of the things did go right for them. And it is the cruel irony of the mm -hmm. World Cup that the defending really coming into the tournament was such a strong point of this team, even though it wasn't discussed as much in the first few games of the tournament. I think you could see a lot of that come to light. And then maybe there was too much light all of a sudden on the defensive side of things in that round of 16 game. Jordan, that, those are some of the things that went well for the U.S., generally speaking. What went wrong? for the United States at this World Cup before we try to weigh those positives and negatives and maybe come to a conclusion? Right. I, I would say, too, and this one kind of splits both of those questions, I think the first half went really well for the United States. They were constantly prepared 
with their game plan to hit the first half and play really good football. I think what went wrong was second halves sometimes and um, that they weren't able to, it felt like to me, the United States was always reactive and not proactive. And I feel like that is something that they're going to have to address when playing some pretty big teams. So I think that mindset of saying, okay, we're on top of a game. How do we continue to be on top of a date game, knowing a team is going to switch things up and try to make us be on the defensive for the second half? I also think that what went wrong is depth. I think I don't think that when we look back on this team, we're going to say it was completely built right because there wasn't a lot of depth that left back. I felt like Robinson was exhausted at the end of the tournament. There wasn't a, even though the depth was there in the midfield, I don't think the substitution happened. Substitutions happened in games when they probably could have. Eunice Musa looked exhausted in the end of that fourth game. So I feel like those are two players where if there's a little bit more depth, if this team was built slightly differently, maybe we would have been able to make a substitution at left back in some of those games yeah. where you could still feel as confident. I think he, there was confidence in the center of midfield. And the question is, why weren't those changes made a little bit earlier to preserve some of these players for when it was a little bit more do or die? Yeah, the lack of depth did really come back to bite this team, Jordan. I think you're spot on there. And for me, that that almost comes back to more of Berhalter's talent evaluation along the way throughout the cycle. And, yeah. and he was justified to make some of the picks that he made, but I would quibble with other picks if you get other players, say a Keaton Parks or an Eric Williamson or whoever it is, integrated into the team earlier or just at all. Maybe Musa and McKenney have some more legs. Maybe Jedi mm-hmm. Robinson has a, a, a more competent backup, someone you feel more comfortable with. So th- those are things that I think Greg Berhalter may look back on and regret, just as, as many of us maybe do now. Jordan, we've talked positives. We've talked some negatives. Weighing those things, was this a successful tournament for the United States men's national team? The answer has to be yes. We saw so many big power teams not even make it out of group stage. And for the United States to make it out of the group stage, something that they've done pretty regularly now when they do make it to the World Cup is, yes, it is successful. There was a lot of expectations on this team. They were young. They were able to hold that expectation, the weight of it, and also be able to get results and get them into that knockout uh, round. So I do think it is uh, successful when you look at the grander scheme of things. The biggest success I think I take away from this, Joe, is we went into this World Cup with one player who had World Cup experience. We will not be saying that in 2026. And that is successful for this group. Jordan, did any of those players that now have World Cup experience have been to this stage before, did any specific players raise their stock in your estimations? I think first and foremost, I think of two players. Matt Turner. There was... So many times where I can think of some of the big saves that he made, and we have known him now through MLS and now with Arsenal, that he is able to make those big shot-stopping saves. But there was always a knock on his ability with his feet. I thought that his feet were were great in this tournament, and I thought he was really, really good for this team. So Matt Turner, number one, maybe not in this specific order, Tyler Adams, he was my favorite player on this team to watch. He covers ground. He's tenacious. He's relentless. Uh, I think that there is only going to be an up to Tyler Adams' ability on the ball and what he can do as he matures in 
being a being that like shepherding six into playmaking six, which he has a little bit of that, but I think that that is going to grow a lot. And then the last one I have for you, Joe, is Tim Ream, and it's a little disappointing that um, we didn't get to see Tim Ream play for years and years with this national team because he added a poise and an experience to this squad. And I think that people are thinking, thank goodness we brought Tim Ream to this tournament. And the impact that he had, I don't know if if you guys haven't seen his remarks about his impact on this team, go look on Twitter because he said something that was so profound. And I think what he has implemented in this team and when it comes to mentality is the biggest, like raise the stock of not only him, but this team, because now they might have a different mindset from someone who isn't going to play in that next World Cup, but a lot of these players are. Jordan Angeli, ladies and gentlemen. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I really appreciate it. There'll be a link to follow you on Twitter in the show notes. Listeners, that's it for this episode of The Backheeled Show. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, check out backheel.com. We'll talk to you again soon. 